Oh my gosh, I'm all jazzed up. If you are not on the Pat Chat, we just shared a lot of really fun information, exciting things. We talked about slapping buttons. I don't know. What are we doing here? My name's Beth. This is That Park Life Podcast. I'm here with my co-host. It's Greg, as always. It's Greg, and we just have lots of fun things to talk about today. We've got a really awesome guest coming on, um, but first, we're just going to go ahead and get this out of the way because I'm dying to hear more about it. Greg, tell me about Ratatouille. (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited to say I was able to do a cast member preview of Remy's Ratatouille adventure in the newly decorated, designed, refurbished area of the France Pavilion in Epcot. And I'll tell you. Wait, so before we were, before you get in before you yeah. get into details, on a scale of one to ten, what do you give it? The whole experience. Be honest. An an eight. Eight out okay. of ten. Okay. All right. Cool. I I'm gonna say that's high because I would yeah. be I would tell you one if it was lower, but there are other rides that have come out in the past that are lower than that. But um, I'm I'm excited about it for lots of reasons because it's a new ride. It's something new to do at a park, and for those of us that go, let's say frequently, it's nice mm-hmm. to have something new to do because you you know it's it's new and exciting. And if you don't go to the parks frequently, if you're every couple of years type of family or once every five to ten years, um, I would definitely absolutely recommend making sure you find a way to get onto this attraction. And as a heads up, I won't be spoiling things. I'm well aware that the ride already exists at Disneyland Paris. You're more than welcome to head out to YouTube. Find a POV video of it. But if you're like me, who didn't watch anything about it, forgot mm-hmm. that it was 3D. And the reason why I don't consider that a spoiler is I learned mm-hmm. it says that it's 3D on the My Disney Experience app. I guess I just forgot. So ah. um, I that totally forgot because they were like, grab your glasses. I was like, what glasses? Yeah. Like, this is a 3D ride? <laughs> I looked at Nicole. We were like, oh, we didn't know that. What? You were really excited, so, huh? um, yeah, I don't want to talk about too many things, but let's talk about some of the things I'm excited about and things I think everyone will like. So mm-hmm. while we entered the area, we had to seal up our phones and bags. So I couldn't take photos of anything, although I have since seen some people posting photos of things. I'm not really sure what's going on there. Different story yeah. for a different day, I guess. But that whole courtyard, the whole plaza back there is beautiful. Obviously, mm. it's like newly and freshly painted. It hasn't been worn out by you know people walking on it or anything, but it's just it's so nice back there. The music is cool. The big Ratatouille fountain with all the little mice Ratatouille yeah. family on there is like, it's so cool that. looking. Mm-hmm. And um, the queue for the attraction is cool too. There are quite a few show elements, I will say. So it's not just a boring okay. queue, let's say. Um, you're, you're taken through a couple of scenes of the movie or some ambiance, nice. some environments of the movie, which are really cool. I think I yeah. think everyone's going to love it. And there's a couple things in it that made us laugh and smile and stuff. So I, I'm excited for everyone to experience the queue as well. And the loading area is cool too because where you're, you've, if you've seen any photos, you've seen the vehicles. They're the little rats, right? You're getting on, you're getting on, you're hopping on the backs of some rats as you're going mm-hmm. around because obviously you're <laughs> supposed to be with with Remy. So whimsical. <laughs> um, I will tell you something that was interesting was they were loading us with people that we didn't know. So obviously it was me and Nicole. We're both cast mm-hmm. members. We weren't able to bring guests, but since we're both cast, we're able to go. And um, in our bench, they put someone next to us because it's two rows of three in the in the moving vehicle. Okay. And what's interesting about the seats is that they have individual seats because like typically on those types of rides, oh. they're just, you know, it's an open seating basically and a safety bar you pull down. But these have designated yeah. seats. Which is an interesting way to do it because now you know if you're a party of two, you are likely to get someone to sit next to you because okay. it's like mapped out that that is supposed to sit three people. Are the lap bars individual too? No, it's one solid bar okay. that comes down okay. over you. But there are gotcha. designated seats, which is interesting. So we when we got on the ride, when we got on the queue for the ride, we were on the outside portion of it. So like most lines or queues, there's mostly indoors and there's like the spillover to the outside. Mm-hmm. And we got on outside and we were on the attraction in less than 10 minutes. So yes. again, this is obviously a, a lower than usual crowd, but another, but we were right. out, like we were in the extended part of the queue and it seemed to move really quickly because they really were packing us in those ride vehicles, which I yeah. appreciate for the sake of not having to wait a long time on the line. But the ride area is cool and you'll see what I mean when you get there because there are, you, you, you travel with sets of four, just like uh, in Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, you eventually like break out. You know what I'm saying? It's the same thing. Yeah. It's four ride vehicles for this. And uh, it's just, it's a cool, it's just a, the whole vibe in that attraction is cool. And some people were asking me on my personal Instagram page, because I posted, you know, a photo of me and Nicole mm-hmm. outside of the entrance where we were allowed to take photos. And they were asking, you know, how does it compare to Mickey and Minnie's? Is this going to be worth the paid upgrade to G- Genie Plus? 
because Disney did announce that this will be a virtual queue at open on, in October, October okay. 1st. Um, yeah. Is it worth it to do the paid version so that you don't have to worry about getting a virtual queue spot? And I would like to share verbally some of my answers with that because I feel like those are questions that people are going to have. Like, is it truly worth it? Is it something I should be paying yeah. money for? How does it compare to a brand new Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway Ride? And I'll start there because I have such an emotional attachment to the Fab Five, Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Goofy, Pluto, right? That it's so difficult in my mind to compare really any other attraction to that because like I'm going to like Mickey and Minnie's probably the most out of any new ride that we've seen in a long yeah. time. And I... I enjoyed Ratatouille. I just rewatched it last week to refamiliarize myself with it because I don't, rem- you know me, I don't remember movie plots mm-hmm. somehow. Yeah. And uh, I will tell you though that although I do like Mickey and Minnie's more, but like my heart is in it more, this ride, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, really does pull you into the movie like a lot. And there are some really specific yeah. scenes that happen in the movie that I remembered, and I'm grateful that I rewatched it. And I recommend everyone else do that if they don't remember. There are some scenes that are literally the exact thing that happens in the movie, and you're in it, and like that part was really cool. cool. Yeah. And um, in terms of whether I, if I personally would choose this as an attraction to pay for with that other add-on option to Disney Genie that we talked about in our bonus episode that we released last week, um, personally, I wouldn't because I'm a cheap guy, mm-hmm. and I why yeah. would use that money, let's say, for Mickey and Minnie's. However, if you're traveling with someone who really loves the movie Ratatouille, then yeah, mm-hmm. I think they're going to, that's going to be totally worth it. Otherwise just go and try to get the free regular virtual queue spot. Yeah. I think the virtual queue will probably be easier to get spots because this is like a one attraction kind of thing. I think the hard yes. part about rise of the resistance is that it's essentially like three attractions in one. So yes. they get kind of stopped a lot because it's like, well, if one part of the whole thing is not working, then the whole, like everybody gets backed up. But I think yes. with this, it's just it's more of like a Mickey and Minnie's more. where more people will be able to get in line. And so I yes. think the virtual queue will probably be a little bit easier to get. I will say, and I don't want the fact that I'm saying it's an 8 out of 10 deter anyone or, or make it sound like I'm, I'm speaking negatively on this ride. Because we had like, it's a cute ride. We had a lot of fun. I was smiling a lot of yeah. the time. I will say that if this is what the future of dark rides at Disney is like, I'm excited because it yeah, like technology we're in the right in this direction. attraction was cool. Yeah, yeah it is definitely yeah. an upgrade from your typical Omnimover, you know, the mm-hmm. uh, under the sea adventure with the little mermaid, which is like a slightly yes. newer dark ride, right? But what's yeah. nice about these individual cars that you're on with trackless vehicles is that you're not always in the exact same spot every single time. Like at Haunted Mansion and that ride right. Little Mermaid, like you you know exactly what you're going to see and yeah. where you're going to be seated every single time. And it's uh, it's such a cool such a cool difference. It's crazy. That's why I'm always looking to see what they're doing at like Shanghai and stuff like that because, you know, they have like that newest technology of everything. Yes. So it's like, oh my God, like with Tron, We're right? It's like behind. with Tron. Ooh, so, it's going to be so cool. Yeah, so they gave wait. us this little commemorative card. I'll try to, I'll post a <gasps> oh photo gosh. of it to our story. Fancy. If you saw my Instagram post, you saw like a bit of it, but I'll, I'll show everyone a, yeah. a kind of close up to it. So we got this nice like cast member preview card that says the open date of the ride. And obviously it's for Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. So on the back, is a recipe for ratatouille and it gives you the nice. recipe and everything you'll need and, and directions and stuff to that make it so cute. like it is in the movie interesting have right? you ever had ratatouille i've never had it no until the movie Kids i don't think had. i really knew what it was yeah and then you're watching it and you're like i want that i do want <laughs> I, that. i want to eat that now <laughs> <laughs> um before we uh, jump into our conversation with our guest joe i also want to mention that we had dinner at beaches and cream yeah. At the Beach Club. This was our first visit since they've renovated it in 2019, I want to say now. It's a, time is a blur, guys, because of everything mm-hmm. that's that's happened in the past Seriously. 16 months or more now at this point. But I want to share our experience a little bit because we love the vibe of the old Beaches and Cream. So if you don't know, Beaches and Cream was at the Beach Club Resort adjacent to uh, Epcot. If you've ever gone to the back entrance of Epcot, if you've taken the Skyliner over to Epcot, you've, you've seen the Beach Club, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. and uh, they're known for their kitchen sink and their ice cream and all their like their big giant sundaes and stuff. So I went with my wife, Nicole, who I'm sure I've mentioned before has a, has a food allergy. So if you're following our story and wondering why I was posting photos of all this gluten-free food, we wanted to, we couldn't decide between the burger and the chicken sandwich, so we got them both mm. and split them. The only way to do that is to get them both gluten-free. Right. And uh, the burger was good. I still rec- I still say, I still maintain that if I'm going to get a burger at Disney, yep. I'm just going to go Starlight. to Deluxe Burger. I, I haven't oh, found Deluxe, a burger yeah. that I like okay. more than that. I thought wait, you were where, wait where did you say? 
Oh no, Cosmic Rays is good, but that's that's a quick <laughs> service burger. Rays. This is an actual Angus beef okay, burger patty. Okay, a real that they one. Made. Yeah. Yeah, real okay. burger. I do. I'm. You know, I'm due for a Cosmic Rays burger. You Maybe are due. Be soon. It's been a while. It's been. I a am while. going to Magic Kingdom later today. The day we're recording this, we'll see. I don't know. I don't think I'll get one tonight though. But um, so we got the cheeseburger and the cheddar bacon ranch chicken sandwich, which is mm-hmm. up my alley. Love cheese. Love bacon. Love ranch dressing. I mean, come on. Who uh, hashtag Murica. Mm-hmm. And um. We got one side of uh, steak fries and one tater tots. And I will say the food was good. We enjoyed it. I don't know that that was a $17 burger or not. And um, I don't know if that was a $16 chicken sandwich or not. It was basically like a a slightly elevated quick service meal experience. Okay. So my recommendation to you is if you want to catch that like fun vibe, because by the way, it's still a fun vibe in there. And if you saw the decorations in there, the one that I posted they um they do this thing where they implant the Fab Five in different parts of the resort. So like they're paintings on the wall, but they'll be like hanging out by the pool and oh, uh, of okay. the beach and yacht club. And we're in the restaurant and we can see the artwork on the wall. And then you turn to the right and there's the actual like windmill that they used in the painting, like right there. Yeah. And you can see yeah. them in like this old uh, car that they keep outside the entrance of, I want to mm-hmm. say the beach club. And so it's all them, like, the one of them, there's a picture of them sitting at Beaches and Cream, and you're in Beaches and Cream. So, like, they right. did a it's really like cool their job version, of... Their version yes. of, like, the celebrity photo that hangs in the wall in there. Yeah, exactly. You and know? it just, it was, they we had a fun time, here. like, looking around on the walls to see all the pictures and if we could recognize where in the resort they are, with, you know, that they're mm-hmm. being painted into. All the details, and, if um, you will. Yes. And that's the difference for me, right, between most restaurants yeah. and Disney restaurants, is that they... they they don't just paint the walls. They usually are doing something in the restaurants. You're but, like, it's like um, 10 extra dollars for a burger, but they have these really cool paintings on the wall. <laughs> you can see Donald relaxing behind the steering wheel of an old motor coach. That's so, right. So um, my recommendation to you is if you want to get that vibe at Peaches and Cream, maybe go there, split split something with someone. Just know that it, it's going to be it's gonna be an okay meal, but the desserts are where it's at. Their, mm. their menu of um, sundaes and stuff is awesome. We got a really yeah. simple hot fudge sundae, one scoop of chocolate, one scoop of vanilla. The hot fudge there is excellent. We got the whipped mm. cream, the almond slice, you know, shavings or whatever those things are. All the things. And a cherry on top. And the ice cream was excellent. Mm. Delicious. Delicious. Before we bring on Joe, he's he's waiting anxiously to join us. Uh, shout out to Stephanie at World Traveler Trading Co. You know, we've switched seasons, basically, according to Disney. So today, yeah. today's going to be the first day where I pop my Mickey pumpkin key fob onto my keychain and head yes. into Magic Kingdom tonight to have a fall experience. Thought you were going somewhere parks. else with that sentence, and I'm glad it landed where it did. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Love all the fall stuff. Uh, I'm ready for fall. We are about ready to decorate our house. Um, but yes, the key fobs. It's time to change your dog's collar, maybe. Yes. Get you uh, an an ear. What the, what does she call them? The uh, Mickey ear holder. Mickey ear holder. Yes, where it's like a it's basically like a key fob, but it has a little snap built into it, so you can take your ears off when you're on an mm-hmm. attraction or just walking around and want to break, and they snap so in and, and they just kind of sit right there for you. Yeah. You can so latch great. them onto your belt loop, onto the, your bag or something, and of course you can save a little bit of money over at World Traveler Trading Co. with our special code. That Park Life. All right, without any further ado, let's start talking to Joe. Joe, welcome. Hello. Welcome, Joe. Thank you. Joe Petros. Joe Petros, is that is that how the name goes? Joe Petros, yeah, that's my Instagram handle. Joe Petros. That is. No one ever called you Joe from Kokomo, did you? Just my mom? Okay, cool. <laughs> I have a cousin named Joe, and she always she's Joe from Kokomo. I'm like, I don't know. She just is that. Whatever. Wait, is that a real thing or just something she made up? I, I don't know. Okay. It was, I don't know, knowing my mom, it was like, she probably made it up. I feel like it'd be a Jimmy Buffett song if it did exist. Yeah, I feel like that's, that's yeah, that's a Margaritaville song they play. Like Beach Boys. <laughs> so, um, Joe, let's let's start and let everyone into the life of Joe and, and why you're here with us today. So, you were a Disney cast member for quite some time. You have a pretty interesting story. Um, we got a nice long list of things you've done with Disney. So, thus, we have a lot of questions we want to get through. But let's start mm-hmm. at the beginning. Your first Disney trip was when you were how old? I was 21. 21. All right. Yeah. Um, growing up, I didn't really have an opportunity to go, but I always knew that I wanted to experience Disney, right? Like, you know, friends and family go for vacations. And um, mm-hmm. I knew someone from my hometown in Connecticut that was working there. And so I reached out when I was an undergrad and I went for a few days and uh, I was there by myself and I, I did all four parks in Florida and it was great. I think it was probably the best trip I've done just because you didn't have to worry about 
who was hungry, who had to go to the bathroom, mm-hmm. who wanted to go on this ride, who didn't want to do this, who wanted to take a nap. Yep. It was just me, myself, and I, and I powered through and, and did it. So it was a great experience. I'm so glad you said wow. that because we've, we've done an episode on what it's like to do a solo trip. And I, I always recommend it if you have the opportunity, right? Ditch those kids and, and go to uh, the park by yourself. <laughs> by the way, if the question is who's hungry, the answer is always Greg. But I'm yeah. glad you had a, you had a great uh, solo trip. And I'm guessing you turned that into a college program experience, right? I mean, you were college age at that point. Exactly, yeah. So I learned about the Disney College program. So after I finished undergrad, I went right down for my college program um, as a character attendant. I okay. went down in August of 2012. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was there as a college program um, cast member for about nine months. And then I transferred to seasonal. Cool. Let's talk about that because we don't really talk to a whole lot of seasonal yeah. cast members and your story is particularly interesting on in how you're able to maintain your seasonal status and I think this might blow mm-hmm. some people's minds. So yeah. just a quick background on seasonal. You have to work a certain number of hours to be considered seasonal so you're, let's say, less than part-time. But in order to get your status, to keep your status, you have to work a certain number of hours. So can you talk to us a little bit about how, how wild your scenario is here? Yeah. yeah, so um, after my Disney College program, I applied for a professional internship. I did mm-hmm. not get it, so I was a little okay. bummed about that. But I had the Their opportunity. Loss. Yep, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so um, I switched over to the seasonal status, as you were describing. So the way that works is it's 150 hours worked hours a year annually. So for me, um, after my nine months of the college program, I realized I didn't want to necessarily continue to um, move up with the company, but I still wanted mm-hmm. a relationship with them. So I would have a full-time position either in Boston or New York, and I would take my vacation time from a full-time non-related job and go yeah. down to Florida and work, work my hours. So I'd probably go down three or four times a year for about a week. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked up morning shifts uh, and with the hope to extend into the evening mm-hmm. so I could bank as many hours as possible. Yeah. So did you ever get to enjoy the, like, enjoy the actual park? Because I'm thinking if you're spending all of your time working, did you ever get time to, like, spend in the actual park then for those years? Yeah. I mean, I definitely made it work, right? If, if I, there wasn't the opportunity for me to extend to the evening, I'd hang around for um, the fireworks or go go visit folks who um, were working. Um, and mm-hmm. I usually kind of uh, combine it with uh, holidays, right? So I'd have a little bit of okay. extra time for my full-time job anyway. But there's definitely yeah. work ways to work it out. I just think that's yeah. so nuts, and and I feel like it's it's worth examining a little bit for a second because I, and trying to like put my mind into your perspective here. So you worked a full time job, yeah. You like had coworkers and stuff, and you'd be like, "All right, guys, in the office. See you later. I'm gonna go work for Disney for a week." Like, did, what what did people yeah. say about that? You know what I mean? Like, that's such like a wild thing. I, I wish I could have done that. Yeah. It was, what do you mean? How did you do that? I'm like, well, I yes. did the college program. I transferred over, mm-hmm. and. Um, People are kind of really surprised that I would continue to do it. But I mean, it's just like a vacation spot. You want to keep going back. There's something really magical yeah. and that draws you back to it. Whether, And I think that's true whether you're a guest or a cast member. There's just something yeah. there that it's really hard to find anywhere else in any job, any city, anywhere. That is true. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally don't blame you. So that whole time, were you a character attendant for all of that time as your uh, seasonal status? I was, yeah. I was really fortunate to get my first preference when I started the college program, and I and I stayed all the way through. And that's exactly where I wanted to be. That was my number one choice, and, and I'm very happy with it. Cool. And uh, as you mentioned, character attendant is a global position. You're not necessarily tied to one specific park because characters are everywhere, right? They like visiting mm-hmm. guests all throughout Disney World. Right. Having worked at all four parks is, or and probably some resorts too, maybe, I don't know, but is there a favorite location of yours to have worked in? I will say that my heart is always with Magic Kingdom. Okay. Yeah. Always. That, that is the my, right that answer. Was that was the right <laughs> answer, Beth says. <laughs> um, that, that was always my number one park, and that was my base park anyway. Um, mm-hmm. I did try the other parks. It just feel, it felt like it didn't really have that magic as much as I wanted to. Want. Yes. Yeah. I mean, over the years, have you worked with a lot of the same people like that are full time or do you feel like you've mostly like met new people every time you come down to work? Um, that's a good question. I definitely would see reoccurring faces, but then there are also some new faces too that would think that I was new, but I've yeah. been there longer than them. So you're like, um, no, honey, I am like seven years into this. Who are you? <laughs> yeah. They'd be giving me 
hints and pointers. I was like, okay, thanks. And it's not worth to yeah. get into the conversation. Yeah. Like who's right, who's wrong to say, okay. Yeah. And then they're like, you're just else. seasonal. <laughs> yeah. Club seasonal as we would call it. Club <laughs> seasonal. So during that, during those, it was eight years, right? You were, you were playing the seasonal game. So I'm guessing you must've worked there during some of the parties and stuff, right? For the uh, not so scary or very merry. Were you, ever, were you ever there during those types of events? I was. Yeah. What's fun. that like? Because you t- typically speaking, maybe not character attending, because I think your costume stays the same, but everything else seems to be different, right? Like most mm-hmm. other cast members there, especially on Main Street anyway, I guess is what I'm thinking in my head. Everything kind of changes over, and I've always wanted to know what it's like if you were able to work those and what the vibe is like, because as a guest, somehow Magic Kingdom converts into an entirely different experience at night for what is now after hours events, but back then were party nights. So like, what was that like working those? I think it was just as exciting as a, as a guest attending. I mean, yeah. although the character attendance costume remained the same, usually we're working with usually, um, usually unique special characters, right? Okay. Um, yeah. You would normally get to do meet and greets with Jafar or the Seven Dwarves, right? All those unique meet and greet opportunities is just as exciting for the cast members, as I would say. Yeah. Did you get to work with the Seven Dwarves at all? I didn't get to work with them, but I think my favorite for the Halloween party was working with Jack and Sally Skellington. Oh, yeah. interesting. I'm not going to lie. I think I think Jack looks so weird. I'm like, I wish they would do something <laughs> different. His head just looks so weird. I don't get it. I'm like, guys, this he looks more like a Van Gogh painting than he does like actual Jack Skellington. So. The screen face. <laughs> yeah, it's just really weird. I don't know. I'm just like, what? who approved that? But I will say that the costumes of the guests wear are really, really cool oh, yeah. that they come and do the meet and greets. I mean, just you see yeah. around the park. I don't know if either of you, I'm sure I, both of you have attended uh, oh, yeah. this before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, one year, uh, a friend and I went up. as, um, I was Flounder mm. and my friend, we were both guys and uh, he was Ariel. So we had on like these nice uh, tutus on and we made like, you know, my shirt was yellow and I had Flounder's face on. We had the, we had the best time. It's a fun like, time. And you know what I've seen at the at those parties? I've seen cast members have autograph books, and they're approaching kids in costumes oh. who are dressed as characters you would normally get to meet yeah. and greet, and they would ask for their autograph, and they would, like, check it off. I'm like, thank you. Know, get like, that. that's the type of stuff that, like, will always draw me back to want to be a guest at Disney. And for a lot of the holiday parties and the meet and greets, they'd have, like, the, um, the autograph cards. Oh, oh. Okay. So, like, okay. Some characters wouldn't necessarily always sign, but there was some yeah. like takeaway that guests would have of the of the character's autograph. Yeah. Nice. I didn't know this and, existed. Do that or yeah, and for everyone, obviously that they, we can't can't see, but Joe is holding up a card, which means he is a true real uh, cast member at heart because he had that ready to go. It was right there, right. right at a station, and that's how you know it's, yeah, it's he's dedicated. He's got all kinds of stuff, I'm sure. We're doing show and tell. What else you got? Yeah. What else you got over there? I got, show a, I got a couple of things here. I don't have all of my stuff. I have my, my Fanatic cards here. Love it. I have a, a telecast from February 2016. So oh. I'm five years old. I think I just kept it as a little souvenir to have. So a little a little background on what a telecast is. If someone out there, if you're listening, you're not sure what that is. So it's he's holding the printed out copy of it, and now we have digital copies as well. But it's this nice, handy, basically like a one sheet that's all like the important things that a guest might ask you throughout the day. So if you're wondering why you know cast members kind of know everything when you ask them a question, yeah, they have a little cheat sheet there, and you know as things change, as as things evolve, they get to whip it out and be like, oh, so you can walk up to a cast member and say, where can I get soft serve ice cream? And they can pull out their printed telecast, and it's literally on there, soft serve ice cream available, anti-gravities at Magic Kingdom. So feel free to go up to them and ask them questions. They, they're equipped. I'm going to ask to see their telecast. That's what I'm going to see. Yeah. Can I see your telecast, please? <laughs> yes, I know what that is because I'm cool like that. Um, no, my question for you is going to be, what is probably the most rare character you've ever worked with? Yeah. Uh, Rafiki was fun. Oh. There is a, a pop-up set Rafiki in Magic Kingdom at at um, Town Hall, which that was yeah. a usual unusual location, but it yeah, was, you yeah. definitely don't see him there. It's like, what is he yeah. doing here? <laughs> cool. Okay. Like Can we go back to those fanatic cards? Because I'm sure, again, that's one other thing that I, I have a feeling people don't necessarily know what that is. So you have 13 of them. Um, so go ahead and and if you wouldn't mind just sharing with us what a fanatics card is and what you think you did to get them. Sure. Um, so fanatic card is a recognition tool that cast members give to other cast members um, if they've displayed any of the four keys. 
And the four key basics are just uh, different guidelines that cast members use to kind of execute and do their job. Um, I know that they've increased the number of uh, Mm -hmm. four keys to five, but it's safety, courtesy, show, efficiency, and now inclusivity, I believe it is? Yes. Mm. Yep. Okay. And um, these are just handed out from one cast member to another, and when someone kind of goes above and beyond, uh, and that could be just helping them out through the everyday interactions with guests or each other and just to recognize each other's work. So um, one of the days when I worked at Enchanted Tales with Belle, uh, one of my cast member friends, Kate, gave me a Four Key Basics card to, quote, go above and beyond with the mingling while upkeeping great show flow. So it's just a quick little acknowledgement. Yeah. It gets signed by the manager and it goes on your record card. So it's just a quick That's little a good like nice. So when you go down for seasonal, then you should just like make a jacket out of those and just wear that <laughs> in for the first day. So everybody knows that you're like, you're seasoned. You know what it's I mean? You're my receipt. You're like, I'm seasoned. Yes. <laughs> and then maybe like stitched on the back, it'll say like seasonal, but seasoned. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Don't call it a comeback. Just really rub it in their face. <laughs> I don't need to know where the bathroom is, Karen. I've been working here yeah. for seven years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned Enchanted Tales with Belle, and I know that you are part of the opening team. And I always find it fascinating to talk to people who work with the opening team for an attraction because it's a unique experience, right? Because there's no precedent for it. You're the first set of cast members who are there. You kind of get it ready. You welcome guests when it's open. There's probably some test and adjust period. Mm-hmm. So walk us through that. What's that like, especially at a new attraction in Magic Kingdom of all places? Yeah, it was it was really cool to be there on site. You have so many different departments working together and departments that you wouldn't normally be working with together. Mm-hmm. So from a standard operation, entertainment works with PhotoPass and a little bit of um, the operations team. And on top of it, then you have a lot of the creative folks there. So you have like the creative yeah. director and some Imagineers kind of out and about. And you have people working on the sound and the music and, and the lights and all the animation. So it's really kind of working together. What is our goal? Uh, what are what are we trying to achieve with, by the deadline? We have uh, guests come in for a soft opening, right, to kind of see how it actually mm-hmm. works. Yeah. Um, and that was really interesting, too, because what we thought the guests would do isn't what actually they did and so we had to adjust yeah. some of our um, operation i have like a really random thought greg have you ever um do you ever have these moments where like we're talking to cast members and like we're talking about stuff that they've done and then you're like i wonder if we cross paths at some point i don't know it's super yes. random because i'm like i've done tells with bell like i'm so curious if i'm <laughs> like did we maybe cross paths at some point that would be really cool yeah like it was around that time when it first opened so i'm always like it would be really cool just to know if we had ever like crossed paths before. Cause you just, I don't know. It's crazy to think that you're like part of someone's like family memories, you know? Yeah. So cool. Who's that weird guy in the back? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, I have to tell you something. I don't mean to upset you, but I've actually never done Enchanted Tales with Belle. And <gasps> I, I'm going to count on you. I'm going to put you on the spot for a moment. Sure. I'm I'm looking for some encouragement. I know it's I don't think it's currently operating as part of this phase of reopening of the parks, but I'm sure it's coming back mm-hmm. at some point one way or another. And I don't have kids, by the way. So, I part of my hesitancy to going in there is is it going to be like a turtle talk with crush moment where I'm the only adult in there without kids? Um and am I going to be the weirdo or am I making it weird? I think that you're making it weird. Yes, okay. I agree okay. with that. I'm okay 100%. with that. <laughs> okay. You would be awkward. I think you would be awkward, but I think it would be funny, and I think you would still enjoy yourself. Okay. I think you'd be awkward with yourself, and no one else around you would understand or realize you. <laughs> okay. Your, your family members up front, your kids are up front. It's not going to be a thing. That's enough. But I would okay. highly recommend checking out if you get the opportunity just for the – so many, so many parts to it. The storytelling aspect, yeah. the, the technology That's behind cool. it. And just, it's just something really different and new, new that I think is like a step up from Crush. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I, yeah. I can get behind that. I mean, I've watched some YouTube videos, but you know it's not the same. Watching the trackers go on it is fun, but like it's not the same thing as physically doing it myself. So right. I, I get that. Right. Um, of all of the things you've done, and I want to talk a little bit about some things you've done outside of work because you've been in the news, and we'll get we'll get there in a minute sure. um, for something you've done in uh, up in Connecticut. But 
of all of the things you've done, and I'm sure there were times when you got, you checked your schedule and you were like, oh, I'm so happy to be doing this today. Like, what are some of those moments you've had or some things that you really love doing? They're like, this is how I know I am, I'm doing the right thing. I'm leaving my full-time job. I'm flying down here to give up my vacation time to work seasonally at Disney. So before I answer that question, I'm actually going to take a step back and I yeah. could actually never give Disney any of my availability of when I'd go down. Okay. So the way that would work is I was in a couple of Facebook groups and I would pick oh, up shifts from cast members. Look at you. So I would okay. really create my own schedule and curate what I wanted, when I wanted, where nice. I wanted. <laughs> yeah, that's smart. Um, but as far as like the ideal shift, um, I really liked working at Enchantals in the Bell with Bell in the mm-hmm. morning because that's okay. the opportunity to extend into the evening so I could get some um, more hours to help with my yeah. seasonal. Um, and I would also really enjoy the spare shifts at Magic Kingdom. And for those of you who don't know what spare shifts are, mm-hmm. they are shifts that you're on standby. So if there's another cast member who is scheduled to work and they call out for whatever reason, I would be already there ready to go. I have my costume and ready to kind of jump in and fill the spot so that way the operation keeps flowing. So what if no one calls? I'm sure people call out because of the nature of, of the number of people involved, but how, were there ever times where they didn't need you? Or what happens if they don't need you or any spare? Then there'd be some some surprise magical moments like pop-up sets with Rafiki in, ah, in uh, okay. Town Square. I love that. Yeah. All right. You're like, no, I'm here to work. You're going to do something, please. (laughs) (laughs) Figure it out. It's going to happen. I need my seasonal hours. Extend me. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And I'm sure by the time, like, I'm sure they know, like, when you come down, it's like, oh, we'll just, like, Joe wants to do it. I promise. So I'm sure probably having that relationship with some of your bosses, too. They probably already know that you're trying to find those spots. Do the scheduling. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, Joe's here. Yeah. He'll definitely do it. Yeah. (laughs) You did have an opportunity to visit, I think you said Disneyland Paris and, yeah, and uh, Tokyo. Tokyo as well. Is that right? Now, was that as part of the opening of Enchanted Tales or that just happened to coincide with that? Just something separate? That was just my own personal vacation that I wanted to take the opportunity to go and, and check out. Um, I had a friend that was over at Disney Tokyo on contract okay. and entertainment okay. department. So yeah. I wanted to go visit him and, and see what that world looked like. And what was that world like? It was, it was really cool. I don't know if either of you have seen the Imagineering story. I'm sure you have mm-hmm. on, on Disney+. Plus. So yeah. just how much they've ingrained the Asian culture into their operation. Yeah. And that was, was really, really cool. And it was just, I was surprised of how long some of the waits were. Because I don't remember if there was fast pass. But it just seemed like there was a two-hour wait for this ride that was maybe a minute and a half and <laughs> yeah and the friend that i went with we were like let's just go and figure it out we didn't do much like research we just kind of like jumped in and, and did it um but it was still fun because it was still had the same disney vibe right it was the same characters yeah. it was the same look and feel the smell right you got the popcorn and everything yeah. else yeah, like. <laughs> yeah. so jealous i want to go out there um all right and let's Paris. let's hop out of the parks for a moment because you've done something yeah. that's so wild and i watched this video that you so nicely sent us a link to of, of, of some setup you've done for the holiday season. So I don't know how else to say it. You rigged up some ridiculously awesome audio synchronized Christmas lights at, I believe your yeah. parents' house in Connecticut. You don't even live there anymore. And, and, and you know, after having moved out, you had helped them set it up and stuff. So um, holiday light, as you put it, a holiday light show synchronized to music, raising all kinds of money for charities. So just, we'll post the link to the video in our show notes because I really want you listening right now. Take a break from this episode. Hit pause on this. Go click the link in our show notes. Watch mm-hmm. this video of a phantasmic themed Christmas light show that this guy, a regular everyday human being, Joe, average put Joe. together. Average Joe, you could yeah. say. Yes. Uh, <laughs> average Joe, yes. Um, put together because it's wild. So just tell us, if you don't mind, a little bit about about where that creativity comes from. What led you to want to put together a Christmas light show and Are what the whole experience is like? Yeah. So um, at a younger age, I just started to get fascinated with Christmas lights. My parents had a couple mm-hmm. of strands to put up around the holidays between the tree and outdoors. And I just started to take over and mm-hmm. redesigning them and taking them down, putting them up. And over the years, it's just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So as the displays grew, um, so did the complexity of them. So before yeah. it was just lights that were on as a static display. 
And then I started to add um, synchronization musical elements into it Mm -hmm. Uh, for my birthday and for Christmas. All I wanted was extension cords and Christmas lights. (laughs) Yeah, so awesome. And my parents willingly said, okay, here, this is pretty harmless. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, um, what are you going to get Joe for Christmas? Well, he really wants this really nice extension cord this year and we're going to get it for him. So it needs to be dark green or black. The orange one. Oh, there you go. Now, I did read in the article that you do not let your parents help you. Is that still a thing? Do you not let anyone help you still to this day? That's correct. You do it all. You do it all yourself. And it's I mean, we're into August. So have you started? So I haven't done displays for a couple of years now at my parents' house just because I don't live there. And also, it's so much work to go back and Mm -hmm. forth. So normally I start putting it up um, or I used to put it up Columbus Day weekend in October. So the roof. And the house and the trees. Then I have to wait till after Halloween, so the trick or treaters are gone. So I then I can put yeah. things in the yard. It's very like strategic um, order of events. Um, so I'm hoping to continue to expand it, either like in New York or kind of work on something else in, an, in a new capacity. So yeah, anyone's right. listening, if you hear, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need some collabing over here. Did you exactly. ever have like a count of how many lights you had gotten up to? in the last like time you had done them, like how many lights you had had? Yeah, it was about 65,000 lights. Holy okay. moly. Just a few, uh, not no biggie. Yeah. <laughs> just a few. And, and that, um, and there's also some strobe lights and moving lights and yeah. all that other fun stuff. I mean, and I, and I think the most important thing to highlight here is that you raise money for charity while doing this. This wasn't yeah. just like an extra hobby. You raised like a good bit of money for, um, charities. And then as it grew, you did make a wish foundation and you like raised a, a good bit of money. And that was even back what that article was what from 20, what year was that article from 15, 2015? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So even back in like 2015, you had raised like all this money for make a wish. And so how did that all come about when you decided to start raising money? Yeah. So, um, I think when I was like 10 or 11, someone left an envelope of, of money in the mailbox that said, for the electricity bill. Oh, <laughs> and cute. so rather than actually taking applying to that, my parents said, well, why don't you start raising money instead? And so as a contribution mm-hmm. to putting the display on, my parents willingly paid for the electric bill. And so any yeah. money that we received actually went to uh, a foundation or a nonprofit. So cool. over the years, so I cool. created a pretty good relationship with St. Jude's Children's Hospital and Make-A-Wish for my two bigger mm-hmm. bigger ones, which I felt was really appropriate for the holidays and family and, yeah. and spending time together. For sure. Dude, what an example of how one small gesture just kind of mm-hmm. snowballs into something bigger. Someone took the time to collect some money, put it in an envelope, put it in your mailbox, and that put this idea in your head of, oh, you know what? People might be willing to spend some money. And then a charity gets benefited from it. So just yeah. another reminder of if you can make your own magic out there in the real world, maybe maybe take that opportunity. Don't always uh, let the magic happen in our parks. It looks like we can do some stuff at home too. So that's that's like truly an awesome thing you were a part of. Maybe you, you can get together with some people that live in your in your building in Harlem. And you guys just make your one building in the neighborhood, the Christmas light building, and you do a whole show and you can raise money for local bodegas and whatever else is over there. And how awesome would that be? And they would name it like whatever you wanted it to write, like something with your name in it. You'd be, you know, like Joe Patro's Christmas lights. It's amazing. Um, so I'm just throwing some ideas yeah. out there. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, when you get this together, let us know. Uh, we'll be on the live, the live feed for the, um, you know, the revealing of it. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> we'll be your correspondence for the live yeah. stream. Now, my other question was, is like, what kind of storage did your parents have for all of these lights? Like, where would you keep all this stuff? Yeah. So I was pretty fortunate that my dad has a, um, a, we have a family business in a lot behind our house. Uh, he has greenhouses. Nice. He sells flowers. Oh, okay. And he does not use the office part. So I have kind of oh. taken over that area. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where there's Tupperware the bins part. and brand new boxes and boxes of lights. It looks like you're at like a Walmart or a Target because I just have shelves. <laughs> and it, it's yeah. brand new in the box because the best day of the year is The December day after Christmas. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on it. I'm a gotcha. Now, I mean, and I'm like, you haven't done them the last couple of years when you see all the new stuff that comes out or you're like, oh my gosh, I just want to get all of it and like do this, but you just haven't. Exactly. Yeah. There's like, a, oh, I, yeah. I want to be doing this. I want to be doing it. And 
I've been doing smaller projects. Uh, last December in my Harlem apartment, I did a like a little Christmas tree light show and I collaborate with 30 different musical artists um, nice. around the world uh, where I synchronized a song and I released it every single one every single day in December. Oh my cool. goodness. And it was nice. to raise money for the National Independent Venues Association Save the Stages. Okay. Wow. So you're still doing some things. You're still doing it. Still doing Follow along, Not guys. Even... Joe's going to have some charities this year. It's going to be amazing to have some light shows. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> All right, Joe. It's time to hop into our Fast Pass Facts. Let's fast Pass Facts, because they're fast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll kick us off. All right. So, Joe, Let's do it. your favorite Disney character? Uh, the Queen of Hearts. Ooh. Ooh, that's an interesting Most one. Happy. Okay. Yeah. What is your favorite Disney movie then? Ooh, I would say the Toy Stories as a whole. Okay, can't pick one. We're gonna pick all. Yeah, four. all of them. All right. Wishes or happily ever after? Wishes. Ooh, okay, okay. We're, you're different. You're different. It's okay. That was the wrong answer, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> popcorn or Mickey pretzel? Ooh, Mickey Pretzel. Jalapenos, but with a cheesy. Ooh, cheesy yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Your favorite mode of Disney transportation? Mmm. Does the people mover count? I'll take it. I will we'll take, take it, because that's a great that attraction. That could be a new one, because yes. we love that. Uh, what is your favorite Epcot festival? Mm, food and wine. That's I heard a movement that people are starting where they're trying to rename it food and beer because there seems to be more of a of a attention put to beer, beer than wine. I was like, oh, that's an interesting concept. Let's the just food call it festival. food and booze. The food, food, yes, food and booze. <laughs> Honestly, food why not? Fast. Let's own up to what it really is. Um, Joe, your favorite spot to zen out at Disney, a spot you can relax, calm, you know, kind of keep it calm and zen a little bit. A little nap at the Hall of Presidents. Okay, I like okay. it. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Just a little nap. Um, your little nap. favorite Disney attraction? I'm going to be biased, but Enchanted Tales with Belle. Of course. Oh, Gotta okay. That's good. Yeah. Got to do it. All right, we my last it. question for you, Joe. Your favorite World Showcase country? Ooh. I would say London. Okay. UK. The UK area. I like it. The UK. Love it. Um, all right, my last question is going to be Halloween party or Christmas party? Oh, Halloween. Not, no question. No question. Love it. Good deal. All right. See, not so bad. Our uh, yeah. fast, fast facts. Fast, fast facts. Well, we've come to the end of our conversation, Joe. These things always go by so quickly. So thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah. So if you'd like to follow Joe, you can do so uh, on his Instagram. We'll put your information, Joe, in our show notes so people can find you easily. I will also make sure I have it written down to put a link to the um, the video of yeah. your holiday display synchronized to Fantasmic music, which is awesome. I just watched it again. I even pulled my wife in. I was like, Nicole, come in and watch this real quick. <laughs> she like Her mouth was open. She was like, oh, my God. We love Fantasmic music. So... It's it's a great thing for everyone to see. I want to make sure they see it. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh, loved it when like the spotlight basically was on the Mickey, like probably propped yeah. up in a tree or something. The like loved it, hands down. Such a cool, mm-hmm. such a cool aspect of it. So again, thanks for hanging out with us, spending some time chatting about your time with Disney. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you both for having so me. Nice to meet you. Of course. Yeah. All right. Take care, Joe. Thank you. Oh boy. Um I I don't have any news nugs today. I know you got a news nug, but just a reminder that Disney Genie is out and we did our little mini episode on that. So if you want more information, because it's a lot of information, we'll be learning more as things kind of roll out with that. Uh, but you can check that out uh previous episode. What do you got today? I have one quick news about how buffets have officially returned and are continuing to return to Disney. As you know, during this phase of reopening, a lot of the previous buffet options have been converted to family style where they bring the food to Mm -hmm. you. But uh, Boma, the now buffet over at Jumbo House of Animal Kingdom Lodge, has reopened Mm -hmm. officially. They're doing breakfast and dinner buffet like they were, like they've been doing all along. 
Yeah. Disney also announced that Biergarten in the Germany Pavilion of Epcot, opening okay. reopening later this month, will be a buffet as well. And Crystal Palace, mm. currently open in Magic Kingdom, will be converting from their family okay. style back to the original buffet style of the past. Yeah. So I know people get excited about their all-you-care-to-enjoy like, buffets. They are on the way yeah. back. So they're going to kind of test some of these things out, I guess, before they bring back maybe Chef Mickey's, right, was buffet, Tusker House. Yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah. So, so we'll see. It's all happening. Things are, you know, rolling back out. So We're excited about it. Go there and pile that bacon on your plate without shame now for breakfast. That is right. Absolutely. You do you. Cool. And now for a moment back in time for some Disney history, as always, in partnership with the Mouselets, who I almost saw at the parks the other day, but it was too hot and we left early Aww. before we see them. So I'm so sorry, Mouselet One. Sad but time. we'll go back in time as, as we always do for some Disney history. Why don't you kick us off, Greg? Sure. I'm going to take us back to the year 1999, a whole 22 years ago, when Hollywood Scoops Ice Cream opened up at then MGM Studios. Now, Hollywood Studios on Sunset Boulevard, just right outside, basically, Tower of Terror. And it's weird. I don't, like, have any concept in my mind about how old that Scoops place is, but hearing that it's 22 years old, it's like, oh, it's older than I thought that it was. Scoops has been there for a while, huh? Scoops. I want to say I've probably only gotten ice cream there a couple of times. I think I'm more of a the Main Street. I'm more of the Main Street ice cream. I'm like, mm, yeah, you got to get it from there. Um, I'm taking us back to 1986 when the U.S. Senate passed a bill, which is now Public Law 99-391, designating <laughs> December 5th, 1986, as Walt Disney Recognition Day. Did you know about this? Oh no, talk more about okay. this. Okay. So I'm going to read a little bit about this. Uh, it's Proclamation 5585, Walt Disney Rec- Recognition Day, 1986. And this was from uh, President Reagan. And this was the proclamation. I'm going to read some of it. It's a little bit long, but I'm going to read some of it. So it says okay. December 5th, 1986 marks the 85th anniversary of the birth of Walt Disney. Uncle Walt, as he was affectionately known to his movie-making colleagues in Hollywood, was just that to several generations of American families. A warm, generous uncle who sat us on his knee and told us and retold... Uh, stories of comedy, imagination, and adventure. He was a superb animator, a technical wizard, an astute manager and businessman, but above all, he was a man who never lost touch with his child's heart and sense of wonder. Walt Disney's work and the countless characters he created or brought to the screen, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, and so many others, are known to the world are known the world over. But if he is both legend and folk hero today, it wasn't always clear that he was destined to achieve so much. Walter Elias Disney was born in Chicago in 1901. His family soon moved to Missouri, and he worked at a variety of, a variety of jobs. He returned to Chicago in 1917 and studied photography and art, but he never graduated from high school. After serving in World War I as a Red Cross ambulance driver, he joined an advertising firm in Kansas City as an apprentice cartoonist. The real harbingers of his future success is the period, however, where the cartoons he produced in a makeshift studio he built for himself above his father's garage. In 1923, went to Hollywood with $40 in savings, and with his brother Roy, converted another small garage into a studio and set to work. So it goes through like a bunch of his achievements, uh, standard of excellence. Um, yeah, and it's like the Congress by Public Law 99-391 has designated December 5th, 1986 as Walt Disney Recognition Day and authorized and requested the president to issue a proclamation in observance of this event. And so then it says, now, therefore, I, Ronald... I, Ronald Reagan, President of the United States of America, do hereby proclaim December 5th, 1986 as Walt Disney Recognition Day, a call upon all Americans to recognize this very special day in the spirit in which Walt Disney entertained young and old Americans. Wow. And then he signed the bill. That's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like uh, filed with the office of the Federal Register at 2.08 p.m. December 5th, 1986. So it's cool (laughs) because you can go read this like this is part of our law. Yeah. So I was like, interesting. I never knew that. I love that. Did not know that. Speaking mm-hmm. of Walt, uh, my quote coming your way today is from Walt Disney himself. But before we get to that, if you like what you heard today, please feel free to like, subscribe, head over to iTunes, leave us a review over there. It is greatly appreciated. Just makes us more visible in the Disney podcast community. If you'd like to send someone you know a magicram, if they need a little extra pixie dust in their life, you can submit one on our website. It's free for you, free for them. If you want to follow us on Instagram, our podcast account is at that park life podcast, or my personal account is at the Disney Greg. And I am at slap that button. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I am at the real Beth McDonald. 
If you'd like access to our bonus episodes, of which there are over 40. By the way, we have over mm-hmm. 40 bonus episodes, each about 15 to 20 minutes long. So yeah. plenty of content out there. You can do so by joining us on Patreon. All three tiers will grant you access to our bonus episodes and our close friends feature on Instagram. We post a little mm-hmm. couple extra posts there every now and then. You can find a link to that. And you can learn a little bit more about well. our personal lives there. So if yeah, you want to get to know us personal, a little bit more. We do a little Disney. Yeah. For sure, I've been talking about my journey as being a cast member and stuff. All mm-hmm. that's on there. All that fun stuff. So a quote from Walt Disney, and this I think is important, especially this week, after the news of Disney Genie coming out, Disney mm-hmm. Genie Plus, all of the different premium services that are available, and some of those services we had previously had as uh, part of our admission price, right? They were complimentary, let's say. And there's been a lot of things kicked up about the experiences at Disney. So I thought, who better to turn to at this point when these things happen than Walt Disney himself? So here's a quote from him about Disneyland. Obviously, can be applied to Mm -hmm. Disney World. Quote, I think what I want Disneyland to be most of all is a happy place. A place where adults and children can experience together some of the wonders of life, of adventure, and feel better because of it. And with that, I had a thought. If, with or without Fast Passes, Disney Genie Plus, or whatever is next, because we don't know what's next, Mm -hmm. if you feel that a visit to the parks will still make you happy, then that's all that truly matters. As someone who's been going to the parks weekly, and I do mean literally weekly, for the past 13 months without fast passes available, so just standby lines, Mm -hmm. I can assure you the magic is still there. It will be there, and it is still my happy place, and I hope that it is still your happy place in the future as well. Well, with that, guys, (laughs) uh, thank you for joining us today. Thanks thanks to Joe for joining us, chatting along about his... uh, his time as a cast member, you can follow him, like we mentioned, in our show notes as well. All right. See we'll you next see week, See you everybody. next week. Bye.